Hello and welcome to episode 65 of Life in General. My name is Nick. And I'm Sicky the Clown. Aren't you always though? Ian, you're, <laughs> you're like the sickest fucking person on oh, earth. Oh, I am not. I've been sick twice this year. Twice? Yeah. And I wasn't sick at all last year, so. And we're barely into April and you've been sick twice. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but this like cold, I, I mean, I, I can't say anything. I was sicker now a couple weeks back. Right. And it like. It lasted like for a while. I mean, up, I mean, I still don't feel great, but right. I, don't, well, I don't know what I don't know what it is this year. But. And that's I think that's why I got sick so soon after being sick the last time because it got it only lasted like three days, four days. Yeah, you know, I didn't have a voice. I was coughing, and then I was like two more days of recovery, and then I was fine. Yeah, I, gotcha. I, I was like puking and like yeah. passed out in my hallway. Like I remember, like walking to my like I I had to leave work early. I was so sick. I was like throwing up at work. <clears throat> And I came home and I'm like walking down my hallway and then the next thing I know I'm laying on the floor. Right. And my like my wife's tearing around the corner. I woke the kids up when I hit the ground. You're a big guy. You make noise when you fall. Yeah. <laughs> not great. Not one of my finest moments. No. Yeah, so I, I completely understand. So and I, I got sinus issues anyway, so it's not it, it's not super common, but if I'm gonna get sick, it's usually sinus related. So I got you. Just a sinus thing. So Um well, anyway, uh, any questions or comments, you can email us at email. Do you know what our email address is, Ian? At lifeingeneralpodcast at gmail.com. Huh? I don't know. What What, what was that? I, I, did you just say at? I did. <laughs> I did, because I'm so used to saying at. It's lifeingeneralpodcast at gmail.com. No. Well, what the but, fuck did you uh, ask me? Well, I mean, it was kind of a trick question. Okay. So it used to be, well, because, okay, so I, I had to change our email address. Okay. Uh, normally, well, it used to be contact at lifeandjournalpodcast.com. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, so we're having issues with our website. Yeah. Um, And when I say issues, I mean they like jacked up the price, and I told them basically to go to hell. Right. Uh, so our website might be down for a month or two while I change it over to the new hosting site. So I had to create a new email, email address. address for that. Yeah. So any questions or comments, you can email us at lifeingeneralpod at gmail dot com. Okay. So you intentionally set me up for disaster. I did. I Why did. the fuck would you do that? Because you never know. So I never. You know, right. You, you I don't know, know anyway. So <laughs> you know nothing. I know nothing about nothing. You are the John Snow of of the podcast. And I would get that reference if I watched. Game of Thrones, because you're a fucking dumbass. I just haven't watched it. I'll fucking watch it. When Eventually, when I'll, it's over. Oh Yeah, when but it's not, over and no, no one's like, you have to watch this. Because no one says that time. now, because the last season sucked. So, oh, uh, every, I still get people go, oh, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. Uh, up until last season, it was really good. Then, yeah, I was really disappointed by last season. Uh, but then again, last season was like two years ago. Right. So. Well, yeah, a year and a half. By well, way, the new season starts in two weeks. Uh, yeah, it starts the 14th. So not even two weeks next no. week. Um, so yeah, uh, you can email uh, you can email us, uh, hit us up on Twitter at LIGpod. We're on Facebook. Uh, the show's on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much everywhere else. Yeah. Um, before we get into our episode, uh-huh. I I need to touch on what we talked about last episode. Which was craziness? The, yeah, the cra- crazy flat Earth stuff. Okay. So I, um, I I spent a lot of time talking about this Brian Mullen character, okay, um, and kind of some of the rationale he used on his channel uh, to kind of reach the conclusions that he reached. 
Um, well, since last episode, it has been brought to my my attention that apparently Brian Mullen no longer believes any of that and has shut down his YouTube channel and has disappeared from the flat earth conspiracy crowd. So you're saying he got cured of his insanity? I'm assuming he probably just went to an airplane and was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Sorry, Oops. guys. Um, I see the curvature of the earth. I can't understand why they would lie to us anyway. Great. It's solved. There we go. Yeah. Um, and, and for people listening, I, uh, this past weekend I was in Chicago. And my wife and family, we went up in to the top of Willow's Tower, and uh, I sent Ian this great picture of the skyline, and uh, you could see a slight curvature. Yeah. But it was the way the picture was taken. It, it looked flat. It, it looked flat because it was like with a you know a phone camera and. and well, it, my my camera takes really good pictures. It does. But it was it was a panoramic shot as right, well. So um so I was like oh see look the earth is yeah. the earth is flat. It was, it was great. Like, Don't let that get out. You'll you'll you'll. Just make all the flat earthers <laughs> say you proved it. But anyway, I just wanted to let everyone know if you if you listen to the flat Earth uh, episode, yeah, the kind of the basis of my argument was kind of shot to shit over the past week or so. Eh. I mean that and the fact well, that mean, the Earth is not flat kind of shot it to shit. Right, too, right. But, uh, I you was were just you were trying to come from it with a, a middle ground kind of way, and with something like this, I don't think you can. But I mean, you can. You but. were trying to and. You know, for what it's worth, you were at least trying to be, you know, unbiased, I suppose. I was trying to play devil's advocate on some of this stuff, right. but um But anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to this episode. This is our, our big vinyl episode of April. Okay. That's kinda of what it is. All all vinyl episodes are big. That's true. But you know, it's uh so we're gonna talk a little record store day, which is gonna be what? April twenty third. Uh, April thirteenth. Oh thirteenth, right, 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 right. God Ian. But anyway, hey, uh, Sicky the Clown here. My brain's a little mushy. <laughs> and what's your excuse the rest of the time then? You don't need an excuse to have mushy brain. Okay, uh, spongy brain. Um, well, that's kind of isn't it spongy anyway. Well, yeah, a little bit. Um, so yeah, because the, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be less than a week from right. from record store day. Yeah. So I figured we'd talk about a little record or record store day. We're going to talk um, about some records that at least. I found lately or and stuff that we're I'm looking forward to coming out. And uh eventually we're gonna make it around to talking about H D vinyl, which I think is a really interesting idea. Yeah, it's new. It's a new concept. Uh, the world of vinyl. But yeah, so record store day, April thirteenth. There's a bunch of places there that are taking part of it. There's, Most any it, store that sells vinyl is gonna try to cash in on it. Well not a, not really. Um everyone I've ever heard of from does something for it. So I was um listening to a podcast not too long ago where the the episode was was it, the the guy doing the episode was interviewing somebody that actually owns a record store. It's out in California, I believe. And the, what he was saying was a lot of stores aren't are kind of getting out of doing the record store day thing. Uh-huh. Because there's no you you're basically hold, buying all these records and holding them and making nothing off of any of them. Huh. So unless well, I just see it as an opportunity to get people in the store. That that's true, and like the record store we go to, they uh, always they always, they, they always do well. At least this year they're going to do a, a a used vinyl sale also. Right. So they're going to try and make some some money off of that. But yeah, if you think about it, if you're buying all this all these units, and they said he said you, at least the the guy I listened to, he said you don't make anything off of them. 
So you're buying all of this and then you're holding them. How many times have you been, have you been to a record store and walked in and seen record store day 2017 stuff? Right. I still do, but for me, so, I've never been able to go. So it's always been cool to pick up the stuff that I couldn't get on record store day. Yeah. Know. So it's, and that's why even there's some, uh, record stores in our area that I know aren't participating. Huh. I just assumed they all did. Cause I mean, all the ones I knew of did, but Yeah. Well, yeah, like I don't understand why they don't make anything on it. Their markup should still be the same. They said it's not. They said they said the markup's different. It is on the the or they charge the, the distributor more? is charging more for these, huh? And they don't want to price themselves <laughs> on the market. I guess. No, no. So they're not. They're just selling them basically almost at cost. See, or, that's or with a very. I mean, the markup on on new vinyl, from what I've been told, is like five percent anyway. It's not a whole lot. Five to ten percent, but at at that level, whereas the markup on used vinyl is one hundred to three hundred percent, right? But see, that that's kind of what hurt vinyl, or well, hurt physical media in the first place. Was you had all these places competing against each other. You Best Buy comes in, they're selling CDs for ten bucks. Yeah, you know, and it was a lost leader, but they could afford to do it. Whereas the mom and pops couldn't keep up with that. Yeah, and and, yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, so all the prices for Record Store Day stuff is going to be pretty much the same across the board. Right. Unless you get into the guy that bought them and then he's selling them on YouTube for, you know, a thousand percent markup. Well, it would be YouTube. It'd be like. I didn't I didn't mean YouTube. Yeah. I meant eBay. Right. Um, but yeah, I know there's some stuff on on Record Store Day that, uh, that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. Um, and I kind of went back over, because originally I was, there was like, I looked at the list when they originally announced it. <clears throat> And I was like, okay, there's like four things I was kind of looking forward to. And then over the last like week, um, I know, so when I went to Chicago over the weekend, we took the train there. So I, it took us seven hours, by the way, to make that stupid train, me, yeah. train ride there because we got stuck behind, I guess it was a bunch of freight traffic. Yeah. So we got a three hour delay. So anyway, I had lots of time to to look at the stuff. Right. Um, and I actually came up with, there was like 14, 15 different titles I got on here that I was really kind of looking forward to. And there's some kind of obscure stuff. Um, so I used to have a pretty decent record collection. Nothing like uh, what you have now. No, well, no, nothing like I got now. But And then when I moved out, I mentioned before, when I moved out, my parents threw all my stuff away. Yeah. So I had Cheech and Chong's Up and Smoke. Yep, I remember. Well, Record Store Day, they're releasing a 7-inch pic- picture disc. So that's, that's and I don't they, they didn't have the the quantity list on there, but that, that was one of the things I was kind of looking forward to. Right. And then do do you have Dirty Diamonds by Alice Cooper? No. There, that's being released. There's 900 of them being released. Are on, you shitting me? No. Because that's I, the only reason I don't have this because it's like 250 dollars. Yeah. So by, used. Yeah. So they're releasing 900 of Alice Cooper's Dirty Diamonds on Record Store oh, Day. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Even if if I just get that, that's awesome because it's like. But that's Honestly, li- that's like, like I said, one of my favorite Alice Cooper. They're albums. only doing nine hundred of them, so there's not going to be a lot. Oh, of them. only nine hundred. Only oh, nine hundred. We get paid next week, right? We do. Okay, cool. <laughs> we, I yeah, spent a lot of money this week. We, huh? we get paid the day before record store day, so yeah, so yeah. that works. Um, another one I kind of felt was, that I didn't originally pay much attention to, but uh, if it's if they have extra copies of them, I probably I might grab one um is uh the story so far it's volume two it's b-sides by from Def leopard oh they're doing two thousand of them um and i think it's like b-sides from the 
you know, the mid to late eighties era. Okay. Um, so yeah, that, I, 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 I'll look for that if, if it's available. Uh, another one I was looking at was, and this is one I saw originally that I really wanted. It's the 10 inch London fog from the doors. And it's a, it's a recording. I believe it's one of their, their earliest or if not their first live recording. Oh, okay. So is I thought that, that the whiskey. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, but thought, no, I not, thought their first performance was at the whiskey. I think according to the movie it was, but I don't think it was recorded. This is their actual first recording. First record, okay. Um, but they're doing 11,000 of those, so there should be... There, yeah, you I, I shouldn't have a problem getting that one. I think I've only got one other 10-inch, so that'd be my... I've got one. Uh, last, was it last year's record store day for Jethro Tull? Yeah, it was yeah, last it was. year's. It was, uh, it was a 10-inch. What one was that? Uh, it was... Uh, it was the original Moss single with two extra songs on it. Oh, okay. I know I've seen it. I've seen it yeah. in Dearborn, but another one I saw that I thought was really interesting is uh it's from Bob Dylan. It's called uh it's it's Blood on the Tracks, but it's a, the test pressings. Huh. So they're doing seventy five hundred of the test pressings. Uh which would be really interesting. That's uh Tangled in Blue. Okay. Is on, was on that album. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, I mean that's that's something that's coming out. Green Day's Woodstock '94. That's, that's obviously something I really wanted. Absolutely, that was one of, one of the first things I saw. They're doing 6,800 of those, so that should be something that should be pretty yeah. easy to get. Also, I'm not too concerned. That, that and apparently Dirty Diamonds are the two that I I most. There was another one, but now I don't even care about that. It's just the Green Day and the Alice Cooper one. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Alice Cooper one for sure. Because I, and I when I was going through a list, I didn't see that originally. I just saw Neither that yeah, I. yesterday I the day that, before I when I was going through. Yeah. Well, don't do that. Too late. <laughs> um, another one that I, I I didn't see until just recently was uh, uh, serial killer sounds from Green Jelly. Really. So, and that's got um, uh, was it uh, three little pigs? Yep. That's yep. that's on that. They're doing fifteen hundred of those, so that's kind of a limited release. Yeah. I was also looking forward to uh, from the fires from by Greta Van Fleet, which is that's their that's double. The that was their double EP that they released. Yeah, that was the other one I was in twenty seventeen. I think yeah. uh, they're doing seven thousand of those, so that should be that shouldn't be too bad. And then uh, Jethro Tull's releasing North Sea Oil. It's a ten inch. What is it? what's on that though? I don't know, but it's it's a similar situation. It was the North Sea Oil was a single, so it was one song on each side. 45, and this is a tenant, so it's two two songs on each side. But it's nothing that's unreleased, though, right? No, no. Because from, from what I think I, the original single was North Sea Oil, and then King Henry's Madrigal was on the other side, and I think they probably put Home and Orion on it. I okay. Because so. last, I saw, an, I, I heard an interview with Ian Anderson not too long ago, or it was within the last year or two, where he said there's, ba- there's really no unreleased. Oh, yes, there is. According to him, he said there's not. That they haven't found. Okay. They found, like, boxes of unreleased shit. Oh, okay. Um, over the last, say, five years, they've released almost a whole album's worth of, of new material. Yeah. Uh, but they're doing it with each subsequent recording. So, like, if it was recorded in 74, they released... Were, okay, I got you. So there was two songs with War Child. There was uh, two songs with uh, Too Old to Rock and Roll, a couple songs with Songs from the Wood, couple, five songs with fucking Heavy Horses. And there's supposed to be, I think, two or three at least with this one, with Stormwatch coming out. Oh, well, I'm surprised. I wonder why he said that there was really nothing unreleased then. I don't know. Because that was the interview was from. Heavy Horses came out a year ago on my birthday, March 7th. 
and there was five unreleased tracks on that. Yeah, and the interview I saw that I they did, I want to say, was within, within and the I, last And year. I happen to know for a fact that there's at least four tracks that were recorded in 95 for Roots to Branches that were never record, never released. Yeah. At least two for .com. I don't know. So. Um, but yeah, they're doing 6,000 of, of North Sea Oil. So that shouldn't be too difficult to grab. No, and I'll pick either. it up. I mean, Intel's not, you know, they're not as mainstream, so it shouldn't be too hard to no, get. No. Um, I always, those are the ones I always get. When it's always the tall record store day stuff that I, I pick up, you know, weeks after. Yeah. So. Um, Billy Joel's releasing live at Carnegie Hall from 77. So, yeah. that, so I mean, that's, that's. I don't know if I'd want to buy it, but if you buy it, I'll listen to it. <laughs> uh, they're, they're releasing 3,000 of those. Another one I didn't see till just recently is uh, they're releasing Janis Joplin's Woodstock performance. Really? Yeah, they're releasing three thousand of those. They're. Do you know who Chuck Mosley is? I think it sounds familiar. So he was one of the promoters or whatever. No, he was the second lead singer of Faith oh. No More. Oh. So Courtney Courtney Love was I think the first singer. Okay. Of Faith No so More. So this is the guy that we're familiar with. with Faith no. no oh, okay. So before So him. Chuck Mosley got kicked out of Faith No More because he's, I think they, because of, they said it was because of erratic behavior, like, just like being drunk on or stoned on stage and not right. singing and showing up late. And, so they kicked him out of the band. Okay. Um, and then. Is that why Courtney Love left too? Because that sounds like her too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why she left, but she left and then Chuck Mosley was a singer for a while. They had some level of fame and then he left and then the other guy took over and then they released Epic. Okay. So they got like hugely popular after Chuck Mosley left the band. Gotcha. Um, But he's done like some other, you know, he's done a lot of music throughout the years. Okay. Um, So he recorded, he started recording a couple of tracks um, a year or two back and then he died. So they're releasing, it's called Chuck Mosley, Joe Have Session Number 2. It's a seven-inch. It's two songs. It's literally the last two songs that Chuck Mosley ever recorded. Um, and it's going to be super Rare. hard. It, it's it's going to be hard to find. They're, they pressed 1,000 of them. They're only selling 600 of them at, on Record Store Day. I guess that's that's all that's left. Everything, okay. But they said, because I saw an interview with, with the guy from the record company that's releasing them. Uh-huh. And... Uh, and he said that everything that they have was was sold out in pre-orders. So whatever's out there on Record Store Day is it. Um, so that's going to be something. That I, if I see it, obviously I'm going to grab it because it sounds really interesting. And they're not going to release it digitally. It's not going to be released on CD, nothing. It's only going to be that 7-inch. Okay. Um, and it's done on black vinyl because I guess they got it, it was they were super late to to – do something special to do something with it so yeah they just didn't have time to do anything they wanted Still, to do it i think the material itself speaks you know is what you're buying what you're paying for you know, yeah and, and it's really interesting so uh, the, the two songs one of them is a faith no more song that was recorded after he left the band so the faith no more song that he had nothing to do with but he recorded his version of yeah he recorded version. a version of it and then he did a cover of nothing compares to you by prince okay so it'd be interesting. Huh. Um, speaking of that, I saw a video of um, it's the lead singer of uh, Soundgarden, um, Chris, Chris Cornell. Cornell. I saw a, a version, a live version he did, acoustic of "Nothing Compares to You." It was, it was awesome. Actually, I think Mandy posted on. 
I was going to say, I think I saw it on Facebook or something. Yeah. But it was a really good, a really good version of it. Yeah. But, well, um, Chris Cornell was one of those rare voices. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, he had he had the voice. Um, another thing that's coming out on for Record Store Day is uh, The Black Parade is Dead by My Chemical Romance. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm a big My Chemical Romance fan. It, there, and there wasn't a, a quantity listed even on Record Store Day's website, so I'm not really sure how many of these things are released into this one. Um, but I'll probably pick that up if I, if I see it. Is it a sequel or like a re- remixing or something? Yeah, I, it's that's. I'm assuming it's probably a remix of it because the band's not together anymore. Oh, okay. Um, their lead singer is he's on his own solo career now. But a couple other things that they're releasing for Record Store Day: The Rolling Stones, uh, um, Through the Past, Darkly, and then uh, Big Hits, High Tides, and Green Grass. They're re- releasing seven thousand of each of those. Uh-huh. Um, which I'll probably pick them up if I see them. I almost bought Sticky Finger, the sticker Sticky Fingers, the other day. Yeah, I, I've looked at it a couple of times, and there's a couple other Rolling. I'm not a huge Rolling Stones fan. Yeah, I like I said, a, I there's a couple other albums I'll probably end up buying. A year ago, I would have said I'll never own a Rolling Stones album. Now I think I, there's quite a few actually. Yeah. Um, and then there's um, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Okay, the soundtrack. The soundtrack. They're releasing three thousand of those. But if I don't buy it then, they're releasing a, a, a non-record store day version of it later in the month. Right. So it, I'll I'll get that at some point. Um, and then the last thing I was really interested in was, and I didn't know that they were releasing this till just recently, and there's not a, a quantity on the website, so I'm not sure how many they're doing, is they're re-releasing the Woodstock mono recording. Okay. Which I had, you know, I never had it on vinyl. I think I had the- You cass- did have it on vinyl. The original Woodstock recording? No. You had Woodstock on vinyl. I don't know. I'll, Did I? It was a double album. You had it, yeah. Well, this one, this is a triple album. Okay. Well, what you I, had was a double album. I know I had it on cassette. Well, I, I remember you having a vinyl. Huh. I don't know. Well, anyway. You had a, a bootleg or, you know, copy of the movie, too, if memory serves. Or your mom did. did. Oh, no. I, yeah, the, the movie I recorded off HBO. Right. Back in the day with those things called uh, VHS tapes. VHS tapes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, there, I think there's over 500 um, releases for Record Store Day. I mean, there's just a ton of They've them. They've definitely added to it since I looked last. Yeah, because the first time I looked at it, I was like, eh, wasn't really impressed by anything. Well, when I looked at it, we were at work. We were at the same station. And, uh, oh, were we? Yeah, I was like, hey, look. And it was like this and this. And oh, like, oh okay. yeah. Um, I don't know. Was there anything else on Record Store Day that? No, uh, I, I'm really excited about the Alice Cooper one. I really hope I get a copy of it because it's one of the few that I'm missing. Well, bit, get your ass there early. Um, I got to work too. I know. I'll be standing in line. You can come stand in line with me because I'm off. Well, the- you, you have my schedule, so I haven't, I haven't looked at my schedule yet. So if I go in, if I go in later that night, you do go in later that day. So eleven. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably I'll probably reach up there then. Um, there were some other re- releases for for the month of April, which I was really kind of surprised. I figured with Record Store Day being in April, I think I figured everything would probably be released then. Right. Um, but there's not. Um, April 5th, which was, if you're listening to this on Sunday, is going to be two days, two ago. days ago. Uh, a Real Big Fish relief, released Life Sucks, Let's Dance. I think it's a new album. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar I'm, with it. I, I haven't heard of it before. And then Yoko Ono released uh, the wedding album. Yeah, I saw that at Dearborn Music the other day. Oh, oh, did you? Yeah. Um, how much was it? Do you know? Off the it top was of a your box. Head? It's about hundred bucks. Because they released uh, 
like a four or five uh, record set of the White Album too, which is like one one oh nine. Yeah, I was never a big fan of the White Album. I mean, it's got some good songs. It's on got it, a lot of good songs on it, though. I guess. I mean, I got the remaster version. Yeah, but, that's all you need. Yeah, this um, has like demos and a bunch of other like mixes and stuff. Oh, I got you. Um, and that was the other thing about Record Store Day was there's a lot of stuff coming out that's either live or like demo versions of older albums. And I think that's kind of the thing that put a lot of people off. Right. Sorry uh, about all the sniffling, guys. I'm just my nose is all stuffy. Um. Yeah. So it's it's. A lot of the stuff is stuff you've heard before. It's just like different, different, different versions of right. it. Um, April 12th, uh, Nirvana's releasing Live at the Paramount, which is a four-album oh, box really? set. Yeah. But uh, knowing how Courtney Love has you know, her her claws and all that stuff, it's probably going to be 200 bucks probably. Easily. Because I was going to ask you earlier, because uh, when we went out to all those other stores that were kind of like, <laughs> Part you know far kind of far away from us, but not you know a bit of a drive. I almost picked up Incesticide, and I remember it was like thirty nine bucks at the UHF. Okay, Dearborn Music had it the other day. It was fifty two ninety nine. Was it really? Yeah, I was like, why? Oh. I, I, I saw. I was like, oh wow! I grabbed it, and I didn't even look at it at first. And I was just carrying it around. So I picked up a couple others. And I just started looking at the prices. I'm like. What the fuck? 52 bucks? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not buying that one today. No, you can get off Discogs for a lot cheaper than that. Um, yeah, and I don't know if, if, if I guess we don't, I don't think we ever talked about it on the show, but yeah, a month or so back now, uh, Ian and I went through this like record. We, we took with, a little day trip. Uh, yeah, basically. We went to all, all these bunch of different new record stores we've never been to, and yeah. um, we went to Third Man Records in Detroit. It was pretty sweet. I mean, yeah. if, you're, if you're into vinyl. You should definitely check yeah, it out. Yeah, because you can cool like place. stand and kind of watch them like press the vinyl and stuff. and stuff and packaging it and stuff. It was, yeah, it was pretty cool. But yeah, on April nineteenth is when they're releasing that non-record store day uh, version of Into the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. and then Passion's releasing uh, Follow You Anywhere. I don't know who that is. It's a religious group. Oh, yeah, um, and then April twenty-sixth. I'm really interested to see how much this is. It's a. It's it's from. It's from uh, John Coltrane, uh, Coltrane 58 Prestige Recordings. Okay. It's an 8LP box set. Oh, shit. That's going to be expensive. It's going to be expensive, but I fucking love Coltrane. I know. I was going to say, it might be worth it. Coltrane's one of those artists where I can just like put on anything and listen to it. That's how I feel about uh, Robert Johnson. Yeah. Um, And and, uh, you're starting to see a lot more of this Coltrane stuff come out um, because it's, I mean, John Coltrane recorded everything. Right. Every little session he did, they always recorded it. And his kids are basically just trying to make a buck off of it. So they're just recording. Well, it's, you know. Which, whatever. I mean. If it's, we're willing to pay for it, so what the hell. Oh, yeah. They're making a lot more money off of him dead dead than he ever done live. Right, right. Well, that's Robert Johnson died. He recorded, like, a shitload of music and then died. He never made a penny off his shit. Oh, really? He died poor. What year did he die? Was it the... 39 and was it really did most of his recording between 36 and 37. oh geez i thought it was later than that no he died young. i thought it was the late 40s early 50s when he died i could be wrong but i'm no, you're sure probably he, right you're he, probably he died right. very young and it wasn't much like i said he never he didn't make anything off of hmm. his shit probably why you don't see a whole lot of it it's out there but he didn't record a lot either <clears throat> i mean he he recorded a bunch maybe like three or four albums worth but he it was all in the span of like between like thirty six and thirty eight, I think. And that blues album you bought from it had two tracks. Is two tracks yeah. on there? 
Yeah, so if you go to Third Man Records, they've got all the stuff that they've pressed. Yeah, and that was one. They didn't of the have anything just just Robert Johnson. He was on like this best of blues thing, but yeah. uh, the it's it's a good record. Yeah, if you're in De- Detroit, pick and you see it, pick it up because it's there's a couple I'm artists. I'm sure you I, can probably then, get it at the Third Man in Nashville, also possibly or even online through their website. Maybe. Oh yeah, I'm sure you can. Um, but it's. Like I said, there's a couple artists on there that I'd never even heard of, so it was really, really cool. And it's like like with Coltrane. You can just put it on and lose yourself or oh, yeah. do whatever you want. You it's know? Yeah, Coltrane's one of those things, like if I'm doing homework and there's no one here, oh, no one home, yeah. oh yeah, I'm putting on you know, Coltrane and you know, Live from Birdland or something like that, and, right. or Blue Train, and you know, it's something great just to have on the background. Right. I don't know, that's, that's all I have for like as far as releases. <laughs> Excuse me. Is there anything anything you've picked up lately? Uh, well, yeah. I, I mean, nothing spectacular. Just albums I needed or wanted, but picked up a couple of Sabbath albums and uh, uh, the fiftieth anniversary of Jethro Tull's first album just came out on vinyl. Have you listened to that yet? Uh, not yet. Oh, because I I bought it also, but I haven't listened to it. Uh, I list my I was with my dad. He picked up the CD package and we played it in the car, but it's not the same. No. Yeah, because your dad's not, he's not into vinyl, is he? Uh, I think he's coming around to it, but I don't think he'll ever get back into it because he just doesn't have the space. And He's it, he's one of those weird, not weird, he spends money on the equipment. It's all about the equipment with him. Yeah. You know, he's got like $5,000 speakers. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the auto audio file system. Yeah. Um, which, which I'd love to have. but Right, and, and honestly, that system would be perfect for vinyl, but because of the money he's got invested in and the space it takes up, his receiver, I'm not shitting you, is 200 pounds. What? Yeah, it's a mo- it's a monster receiver. It's like it weighs a fucking ton. Uh, and it's it's a four thousand dollar receiver. Holy shit! Yeah, it's he doesn't he doesn't fuck around with it. Um, but he just doesn't know where to put a final a record yeah. player, you know. And, it, he, and, it, and, and quite honestly, at his age, he just sits to watch his movies through the stereo now. It's yeah. not he doesn't really listen to music as much as he used to when he was younger. And with vinyl, it's a, uh, it's, you got to sink a lot of money into it. Do you, more, well, yeah, you do. Um, I know I have. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> you don't have to, just because you, know, you, don't you have did, to. but. Yeah. I mean, I picked up, so, like, I went last week, I got, uh, I did get Life Won't Wait by Rancid, which I was listening to the, today, I posted on That in, just came Instagram. out recently, too, didn't it, like a couple weeks ago? No, 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 it's been around for a while. It's been on, on vinyl. I, I was trying to buy Rancid just released something on vinyl in late February, early March. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it was. I don't know. It, it was. It wasn't Life Won't Wait because I, I, I tried. It was, to, it was one of those. I, I was bidding on copies on YouTube on eBay. I don't know why you want to see YouTube. I was bidding on copies on eBay a year. I back. sent you a list of some records that I saw came out like late February, early March, but I don't remember what were on the emails. No. What was on there? Uh, Silver Chair was one of them. <clears throat> oh shit! Yeah, I forgot to look for that yeah, too. I was. Uh, uh, Neon Ballroom. Neon Ballroom. Yeah. Which I'd like to pick that up. That'd be Yeah, that's a good it's, album. It's a good album. Um I did pick up No Doubt's first album, which I haven't listened to it yet, but Tragic Kingdom? No, no, no. That was that was their second, second album. album. Okay. This is the album with Gwen Stefani's brother before he left the band. Okay. Um, I don't know much about him because I I'm not a big No Doubt fan. You were never a big Scott fan, but uh but it was never released on vinyl. It was just re released on vinyl not too long ago. So okay. I picked that up. Um, and then, like, used, I did pick up a, a copy, a used copy of Night Moves by Bob Seeger. Yeah. Which I've seen a lot of them, and I've been hesitant to buy them, but because they always have that ring on the outside. I don't right. know if it's the darkness of the album cover, 
but it's got the ring on the outside of the album cover from the vinyl being inside right. of it. And this one didn't. So uh, I was really cool. kind of. That's it's you know when you when you bookend your records you're sliding them in and out and they're thin because back in the day yeah. everything was thin the records were thinner the packaging was thinner exactly everything was pressed together you sliding in and out that the the indent of the record yeah. itself so yeah all the pretty much all the night moves ver, uh, copies I've seen always look like shit because of that but uh, yeah this one looked great so. Yeah. I picked I, mean, it, I, haven't really I picked that for like eight bucks, so I was pretty happy about that. I haven't really looked at Seeger's stuff. I'm not I'm pretty sure I think he's been releasing some a lot of it, re releasing some of it repressed, so mm. I could be wrong, but Yeah, like but would. it's yeah, but it's been it's it's freaking expensive. Is it? Like I I mean I wouldn't want any a lot of it, but you know, Night Moves would be a, a Yeah, Night Moves up. is a great one. I did I did pick up not too long ago a new copy of uh his greatest hits. Right. Um which I didn't. They actually released two versions of it. They released a black version, which I bought, and then they released a purple, translucent copy. Okay. Which was like fifty bucks. Really. And that was like the only one I kept seeing in the store. Was the fifty dollar one? I was like, I'm not paying fifty bucks for that damn album. Right. I mean, it's a good album, but I wasn't paying fifty bucks right. for it. There's very and few I, albums that I will pay fifty bucks for. And I think I end up buying a new copy for like twenty bucks off of Discogs. Okay. Of the black vinyl. Um, and then I, <laughs> I did find, um, I don't know if you've ever, if, if, if you remember this band, but the band's name was Enough's Enough. Familiar with them. Yeah. So it was like E-N-U-F-F. Yeah. Yeah. So they, their debut album came out in 89 or 90. I don't know what year it was, but it was like hair metal was like dead. Right. <laughs> and they released a hair metal album right um and it, i don't remember i don't know if you remember the album cover but it's just a black uh it's a black cover with a green like a neon green peace sign uh and it had a couple of decent songs off of it and you know there were like uh power ballad songs and things like that right well i found a used copy i mean it was over 20 bucks i paid for this right. good condition probably. yeah it, well no it was like the there was even like a rip on the oh really? on the album cover and it was still but i'd never seen it on vinyl right right I, I, well if it came out in 89 there's no reason it wouldn't have been or 90 released. well yeah. it was i want to say it was 90 when it was released but you gotta think 1990 vinyl was like it was on its it, way it out was, it was well on its way there out. was a, a lot of stuff that came out and say between up till like 94 most of it got a vinyl, a limited vinyl release, to a degree. Yeah, but, but that's uh, why I was really surprised to see. Yeah, I walked into Dearborn Music and it's hanging on the wall. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, what the? F-? Yeah, they knew what they had then. That's why it was twenty bucks. Yeah, but it's funny. But I was surprised that, it was only twenty bucks. There was though. an article. I didn't. I should have read the article. I, I was like, I'll go back to it. And it never came back up in my feed. But uh, it was an interview with Slash, and he said, "Grunge did not kill hair." The hair bands, mm-hmm. they killed themselves. Oh yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. When he's when just reading the headline, like, yeah, maybe I didn't know what his point was, but so like I said I didn't read the article. But well, because if you think about it, yeah, hair metal was definitely dead by 1990, right? Well, yes. And grunge didn't really like hit the mainstream until 92, 91. Never mind, came out ninety one. Was it ninety one? Okay, fine. But still, I mean, it was. So did ten. I think I think there was a gap of a where. Bit. I think with hair bands, it was just like I think the, everyone just got tired of it. Well, it was getting to a point where they were all the same. 
Yeah. You know, there was, you were starting to, they were blending together and you couldn't really make out the difference between. Which you can say the same thing with grunge in the late nineties. Yeah. But at that point it was turning into like the Nickelback uh, thing anyway. Yeah. Um, Plastic bullshit. Yeah. Have you seen that? uh, I don't know if it's in the Christmas Deadpool or if it's just something that was separate, but you know how the Christmas is the PG-13 version of the Uh movie. And it's told like Princess Bride with Fred uh-huh. Savage and Ben. Yeah. Well, he makes a comment about Nickelback being a shitty band. And then Ryan Reynolds, a.k.a. Deadpool, does this long diatribe why they're the greatest band ever. Uh-huh. And then they start singing a Nickelback song. That's that's pretty sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> Nickelback is terrible. I know they're terrible. I'm not. Just, I just thought it was kind of Nickelback funny. is everything that's wrong with 2000s rock music, I would say. I'd say a good chunk of it, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, anyone that's out there listening, if you actually want to check out my vinyl collection, if you go on Discogs, my username is Nick Fowler Eleven. Yeah, Ian does not have his vinyl on there yet, but not yet. I will. I, I've got all mine on there. I well, you've got all yours, and you've been you just started collecting. I all my vinyl I've had. I would before I even knew Discogs existed, I already had a hundred records. Yeah. You know, you kind of came into it as you were collecting, and you could update it as you're going. I have now 200 records to put in there. Yeah. You know, so. Just, I mean, you don't have to do, put them all in that's there That's a once, day. That's a day's worth of work. It's not. It doesn't, because that's the great thing about Discogs is it's got, you take your little phone, and if you're, if you've got a lot of new reissued stuff, yeah. you can scan the barcode on the back. Right. And just click on the release. That makes it makes I do have quick. one record in there, because I was at work, and I was... I had the opportunity to just get on there. It's like, oh, I'll start doing it now. And I typed in one record, and I got busy. Okay. So um, I don't even remember what album it was. Oh, speaking of albums, obviously, because that's all we've talked about so far. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if it was on the sh- on the podcast now. I was talking about Led Zeppelin II's, the um, the R.L. Ludwig Yeah, that's release. I think that's uh, Record Store Day, isn't it? Or is that just something else we were talking about? Nick? No, no, no. I think we were just Blood talking about my mind. Um, I saw... A RL copy for sale. It was okay. for a, it was one hundred and fifty bucks, but huh? I still wish I knew what the difference was. The, they said there's a an, a very big sound difference between the RL versions and the and the regular version. Huh? Because there's a there's a there's a, 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 a only a certain amount of volume you can put on. Um, any type of or f- frequency wise right that you can put on vinyl because there's there's frequency limitations to it so they kind of cut back on the sound to make it fit better on the vinyl huh so it's just a different it's just a different edit is what it is i see yeah interesting so yeah. so what's this what's the deal with hd vinyl um yeah so there's this company <laughs> nice segue there ian yeah i just <laughs> So, how about that local sports team? Right. Um, so yeah, there's um, so there's a company called Rebeat. I think is the name of it. I scrolled down through here real quick. Um, yeah. So in early 2018, there's an Australian company named Rebeat that received a. It was like a four and a half or four point eight mil, uh, million dollar investment um, into their vinyl program to create this. HD vinyl that's going to be coming out uh, here in a couple months. Okay, they'll be they're going to be releasing the first uh, couple of albums. But if you think about it, you know, vinyl records hasn't really changed the process. Really hasn't changed since what the early 1900s. Yeah, I mean the only difference is is they 
were able to once they started recording an analog like uh, tape, they were able to take that and make press records. Yeah. But before that, they were just literally recording onto records. Yeah. Um. But so this Rebeat company, I guess they started out in as just a regular CD and DVD distributor in early 2000s, 2001, 2002, something like that. And then by 2006, they had evolved into a digital music distributor. Uh-huh. Um, and then in 2016, they started working on this HD vinyl kind of idea. You know, the the vinyl revolution kind of started in, what, the 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. Yeah. So it was uh, quite a few years after that when they kind of got into the into the – into the vinyl kind of market, but yeah, it was 2016 when they kind of when they came up with the idea of using uh, lasers to kind of streamline the process. And this year, they I want to say just last month, I don't remember the name of the program, um, but they un, they unveiled their 3D software program that they're gonna that they're using to kind of map out the sound and then laser etch it. Right. But they said it's a. Uh, it's like a twenty-four plus hour process to etch, one to to etch a stamper. Okay, um, now or with the new, new process? with with the laser. And if you, I guess I should probably go back and kind of go through the the traditional way of making vinyl. Okay, uh, for anyone that's listening that hasn't, I mean, there's tons of YouTube videos out there to watch, but. So uh, basically, what they do is they they'll. First, they take the the music, and they'll they'll master it and optimize it for pressing for the right. for the record pressing because uh, pressing vinyl from a music file is different than converting it to CD or right, MP3 right. or anything like that because there's just different there's there's sound limitations to vinyl. Um, so the the sound engineer he's going to take the the music file, whether it's or, or I guess it doesn't even have to be a file. It could be uh, you know, original tape recording. Right. And, and the engineer is going to, you know, he'll, he'll basically run through the EQ, EQ, he'll change levels and, and, and kind of limit the tracks because of, like I said, the sound variations. Um, and then a lot of times they'll, they'll actually have to go back and resequence the audio also, which isn't something you see a lot, um, with older vinyl. So right. say like pre, pre mid, uh, I'd say probably pre they didn't get into early nineties. Well, I was gonna say they didn't even start having digital recording until the mid eighties. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about like pure resequencing. Like if you yeah. take if you take an album from say 1972 and and look at the vinyl copy uh-huh. of it, and then look at a digital copy of it, it's gonna be in the same order. Okay. If you take an album from say 2001 or 2000. Uh-huh. And then look at a vinyl copy and then compare it to a digital copy. A lot of times they're going to be out of sequence. Oh, okay. Because they've got to make them fit on the sides. Right, right, right. So that's why I said that. And that's why I meant by the, they would resequence oh, the, the, the tracks. Um, and then a lot of times the loudest, most dynamic uh, tracks will be early on each side of the vinyl. Okay. And the, obviously they go through other. Uh, sound equalization steps, but basically get it all ready. And then they're going to make a master from that engineered copy. Uh-huh. So they're going to take a lathe and they're going to imprint that sound into a lacquer. 
right. a lacquer plate, which is the semi-solid. I don't even know what it is, but it's just not. It, I know it's not solid because right. after they said if you don't, if they'll, they'll cut that lacquer, and then if you don't get that lacquer out to be pressed within a day or two, you'll start losing sound quality because right. it's gonna go back to its original form. Right. Well, the video I watched, they make that lacquer and then they they make a uh, a nickel, or silver, or nickel. Well, that's that's, that's what I'm gonna get to. I'll, I'll get, yeah. I'm, I'm getting to that. So they'll take that, that the lacquer plate, and then so once it once it's cut, they'll send it off to a processing plant where it can be electroformed, or sometimes it's called electroplating. Right, and it's a rather toxic process, and it's one of the things that that the this company that's doing the HD vinyl. One of the reasons they wanted to go a different route was primarily for this electroforming process right. because it's to so it it's so toxic. And you're you you've got so much bio waste from from this stuff. So the electroforming. So you 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 t- it, it, you're making a fortified copy of that lacquer, okay. so it can withstand the pressure of repeated pressings. Right. right? Um, so the the lacquer is first sprayed with a with a silver solution, and, and and it creates a copy that they call a mother. Right. Okay. So you got the lacquer. You're, and, and you also you have to remember that every time you make a copy of this, you're losing sound quality. Right. So you're losing sound quality from the lacquer to make the mother. And then the mother is taken and put into a nickel bath to create the stamper. Right. And it's those stampers that are that they use to press the grooves into the vinyl. Right. So it's a copy of a copy. Right. Okay. And then if it's a larger run, say more than 10,000 units, there's actually another step to it. So they take that lacquer, they make a father, then they make the mother, and then it's all the stampers off of that. Right, okay. So it's a copy of a copy of a copy. And every, like I said, you're, every single step of the process, every time they make a copy of, that, of, the, of the lacquer, you're losing sound quality. And so like I said, with the, for larger runs, you've got a, a bigger, a, more of a process to it. Right. Um, and then- you know, the, the, at that point, then the stampers will go off to the processing plant. But if, like I said, if you're making that father to make those, the the father to make the mother to make the extra stampers, then you're going to use that to make you can, and that's how where you get multiple pressings from. Right. Is because each each one of those stampers you can get a thousand pressings tops out of. So if you're doing ten, fifteen, twenty thousand pressings. You That's a it. lot of stampers you're going through. You're going right. through 10, 20, 30 stampers. Right. And so they t- they take the stamper and put on a hydraulic press, and that's where they're going to press the vinyl. So they take the vinyl pellets, um, which they form a solid you know, hockey puck, basically right. I mean, I looking. I was just going to say it looks like a hockey puck. Yeah. But they call it a biscuit. Right. So they take this this biscuit, and they, they sandwich. And I didn't know this until I started reading up on it. But they actually, when they... The labels on a record aren't uh, glued on there. No, they're pressed. They in. they take they they take the the biscuit and they they sandwich it between the two stickers. Uh-huh. They put it in the press and then it's the the vinyl's pressed into it. And the the so the it's the biscuit is sandwiched between the two labels and heated with steam that's roughly about three hundred degrees right. and compressed with more than two thousand square pounds per square inch. Okay, I think I said that right. So square pounds, so pounds per square inch. Well, the the way it's written on the website, I got it from. It says two thousand square pounds per square inch. Okay, I've never put that. Way. Neither did I. That's why I wanted to make sure I said it the right way. But uh, so yeah, the the 
the the labels from the record are held on there just from pressure okay. from from the vinyl processing. Right, right, yeah. Um, and when you so they'll take, I want I want to say there's like ten to twenty percent of the records that they actually press, um, that fail their the quality, quality standards. Test, yep. So they'll take that vinyl and they'll regrind it, uh-huh. and then reuse it. So the a majority of the vinyl that you have, pretty much everything that's pressed in the U.S., in the U.K., in Europe, is going to be a mix of seventy percent new and thirty percent used vinyl, right? In in their blend, and that's why Japanese pressings are generally more expensive because, because they use strictly virgin. Vinyl. Yeah, so in vinyl, yeah, they have to use one hundred percent virgin vinyl in Japan. So, um, and I'm not sure if that 70, 30 mixture is different with colored or clear vinyl. It used to be, I know there was a, back in the day when records were record, I mean, that was like the primary physical media, colored vinyl was, was frowned upon because it was a different type of, it was a cheaper vinyl. It was a cheaper vinyl. Or at least it was thought to be. Thought to be. Nowadays, it's all coming from the same place. So, I mean. You know, I don't really see any difference in it. Overall, I prefer black vinyl, but you know, certain things, certain specific releases, I, I, I definitely go out of my way to find the color. Like with the Alice Cooper's. Yeah. Well, all the Alice Cooper's new stuff is all. All the new pressing is, is color all colored. You, you know, so. And I don't know. I say I, I kind of used to be on that same boat, where I was like, you know, if I had my choice between black. And colored vinyl, I would just pick the black vinyl because Typically, it's just because it's, it's old I'm, school. It's the way it's supposed yeah, to be. It's, it it's like. how I grew up. Right. But now I'm to the point now where it's like now if I have the option, I'm going to pick colored vinyl. Right. As, as just, long as it's not like overly expensive for just the colored vinyl. Yeah. If it's if it's a slight price difference, you know, I'll pay five five dollars more. Right. Right. To to have the colored version, it just it just looks cool. It just you it, know it, you hold it, you're looking at it, and you know especially like some of the stuff I've got, it's like. Different swirl patterns, and yeah, um, I've got one that's uh, that's candy corn, yeah, uh, and a lot colored. of colored vinyl is see through too. Yeah, it's got the yeah, it's translucent. I, I was listening vinyl. to From the Inside by Alice Cooper the other day, and it's like a like a light sea green or sea blue or whatever. Yeah, but it's very transparent. It's really odd to watch it spin. It, it's it was really I was oh, yeah. kind of mesmerized by it. I've got some that are almost clear. Yeah, I actually do. I have a clear one, or I know I've seen a clear one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, think I, I have any that are I've, clear. I've got one. It's it's clear vinyl. Right. I mean, it's it's not like crystal clear. Right. It's yeah. Clear as you can think, or you know, have vinyl look. You know, right. I guess, but it's it's clear ish. Right. Um. But yeah. So this this um the Rebeat, which is the company that's doing the the HD vinyl. Their process is going to, so they're going to laser etch the 3D image of the vinyl into a ceramic stamper. Oh, okay. So you're getting rid of the nickel baths and, and all this, uh, and all these toxic different steps, and you're just going to basically etch it into the ceramic. Right into the stamper. Yes. And, and with a traditional, with a traditional stamper through the traditional music making process, with like I, said, like I said before, you're only going to get roughly a thousand pressings out of per stamper. Per, per stamper. Um, and if you take the thousand copies that are they're pressed off that one stamper, copy one is going to sound very different. There's going to be a very different sound from one to a thousand. Right. 
just because every time you press that stamper, the, you, you lose sound quality on it. Um, and with this HD vinyl, the with, with Rebeats ceramic stamper, from what they're saying is you can take a, that ceramic stamper and you can press 5,000, 8,000, 10,000 well, off, off that ceramic, one stamper. Unless it breaks, you could keep going forever. Exactly. And you're not going to lose sound quality on it. Right. I guess some of the issues they've had so far in the process is because it's cutting with a laser, it can almost be too much of a cut. Right. So they're, and that's kind of what they're doing with this new program, this 3D program that they're that they've created. It's kind of finding a balance. Right. Um, now, in I, the when process. you brought it up to me, I was asking, I was wondering, does is there the potential if they, especially if they can cut finer, is there a potential for being able to increase the capacity? Yes. Okay. So they said because right now you're gonna get about twenty two minutes. About twenty minutes. Yeah, twenty two so minutes. If, if, from what I've been it's told, like the from what I've been told and what I've read, your your max volume, the, your max space per side on vinyl is eighteen to twenty minutes. Right. Once you get past twenty minutes, you're compressing the audio to make it fit on there. Right. So with this process, they're saying with the HD process, you're gonna be able to get thirty minutes per, per side. side. Um, Which is actually a huge difference. And the reason and the way they're able to do that is because the laser is able to cut it finer. Right. There's actually a smaller space between the grooves. Which that then raises the question, how does that affect your traditional needles? No. It, it, they said eventually it'll probably get to the point where you're where you have companies making H D needles. Right. But they said your standard needle, your standard stylus is gonna Sound, it's going to be the same. You're, right. You'll be able to use it. HD vinyl will be backward, backwards compatible. Right. And, to use common jargon. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, yeah, they, they even said the same thing. So, yeah, your your standard needle is going to be able to play HD vinyl, no problem. Right. Huh. I, to me, I like the Cause idea. Because the process, the process of the vinyl is it the vinyl's not changing. Right. It's just the process, the way the stamper is made. <laughs> That's that's where it all. And it comes seems in. to me like when you cut out all that chemicals and everything else, it seems to me like it would make it cheaper to make. Theoretically, theoretically, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and I'm interested to see how this stuff sounds. Right. I yeah. I can't wait to get my first HD vinyl record and actually put it on. And really sit down and. And because the, they're also it. saying that the the because of the process, you're going to be able to get higher frequency uh-huh. on vinyl. So you're going to be able to get. More volume on it, you know, sound wise, right? Because um, that's the thing is with 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 vinyl, uh, compared to to digital music CD, right? When you compress a digital file, when you compress it, it makes the it makes the high louder, right? Where as you compress audio on vinyl, it actually makes the high quieter. Right, so it's got an opposite effect. So that's why if you get if you get audio that's compressed too much on vinyl, it's gonna your record will sound quieter. Yeah. So they're saying with HD vinyl because of the extra extra space on it, it won't be as compressed. So you'll have a better quality sound, a higher frequency sound. Huh. It's fascinating stuff, really. I mean, I don't even. I just like I said, I like the idea of being able to get better capacity. <laughs> Because it, it would make it cheaper because in cases where they've had to oh yeah, make a double album, they can make a, a single. single. Right. So, 
Yeah, I, and we've I talked it. and we've talked before. Um, I don't remember what episode it was, but we were talking about uh, the cost of vinyl. I want to say there was like a six to eight dollar um, vinyl raw cost included in it. Right. So if you're going from and which is the reason why double LPs are forty five bucks or more right. in a stand a regular you know single disc is twenty five up to maybe thirty bucks. So yeah, if you're able to take a double LP and single and turn it into a single LP, then yeah, the even if there is a price difference in the cost of the process, it should balance it out. should balance out. Right. Well, I, I mean, once you buy once you buy the equipment, if you're if you're a place that presses vinyl, that laser is going to cost a lot of money. The plates are going to cost a lot of money. Well, the, I would initially, but I would say the pressing the plants, the pressing plants won't, won't be the ones doing the the laser etching. If it becomes the, it could become the standard theoretically. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So these other these pressing plants that they switch to this process, the the initial cost would be high, but it would pay for itself in the grand scheme. Quickly. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. Well, the first time you do a you know a Led Zeppelin pressing or something like that, and you and you press out, you know, fifteen to twenty thousand. Right. Instead of as going, long as they sell. yeah, yeah. But instead of going through that process twice to make a stamper, you only have be able, you only have to do it once. It's there's less steps, so theoretically, they would save money faster. Right. It pay for itself faster is what I meant. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely it sounds cool to me. I can't wait to to find out more. But there's website. Uh, if you go on, I don't remember. I, don't, I should have the. Oh, it's hdvinyl.org is the website. Yeah. So you can go on the website. You can check them out. Uh, you can uh, sign up for their newsletter. I think they do a new uh, uh, email updates and things like that. Uh, I know I, I do follow them on Facebook. I follow them on Instagram also. Okay. So yeah, if you if you look up HD Vinyl, you'll be able to find them. Um, yeah, just uh, just check them out. Yeah, definitely. I was just quickly going to check and see. I wonder if there's videos about it yet. Oh, I'm sure there probably is. I don't think that I don't think they've gotten to the last time I heard anything about it. They were still in the process of doing test pressings, right? Of just noise. Okay, they would just etch a scream or something like that, and and do a test pressing out of that, right? And see, because they're not going to go through the process of licensing music to try to test press it. You know, right. do a test pressing. Well, there's no reason they can't just yeah make noises and talk or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, very cool. So. I don't know. That's all I got, though, Ian. Yeah, no, it's fascinating shit. I can't wait. I, I think it's just I'm kind trying of, not being as talkative as I normally am because I'm just. He's uh, ill. I'm ill. It's ill, Ian. But uh, I'm illin. Strictly illin. Strictly, um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's just. Uh, I, I think it's cool and kind of cool to see that not only has vinyl made this this triumphant return, I would say, over the course of the past ten it's, years. It's, it's, enhancing itself it's it's evolving it's evolving and that's and that's kind of the interesting thing to see where it goes what they're able to do with this kind of stuff and uh i don't know um they've got me hooked yeah obviously you spent like 10 grand on records in last year oh it's not 10 grand Mm, five grand maybe a little bit more but (laughs) (laughs) i bought a lot of vinyl this year. yeah you bought a lot of vinyl so have i but not nowhere near as much yeah. You're you're over 200, and you just started a year ago. Yeah, I, think I had almost 100 to start 
a year ago, and I was just hitting 200. Yeah. So I think I'm like two. If you look on my discogs, I think I'm like 225 yeah, or something like that. I think I'm just around there. I haven't really counted recently, but well, 221 because I got one for you too. Brain salad surgery by Emerson Lake and Palmer. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll have to buy something. I always try to keep my vinyl in even numbers. Oh, so I'll have to buy something else. Of Shucks. course, of course you will. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to the record store on Sunday, so I'll probably buy some more. Yeah, record store days come a week away, so yeah, no, that's true. And hopefully, I'll be picking up at least. I'm gonna have to go four easy. Four or five. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably just stick with two on that record store day thing. I just yeah. want to get that Green Day and that Alice Cooper. Yeah, I can pick up the Jethro Tull one later, and uh, although it probably wouldn't be much, probably fifteen bucks for that. But I don't know. Yeah, because it's a ten inch, so it shouldn't be too much. Yeah, no, I, I'm trying to think what I paid for, for the Moss one last year. I think it was like 15 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see, and there's a couple, like I said before, there's a couple of things that are coming out of Record Store Day that, depending on the price, right. I'd pick it up. I definitely want to pick up the Woodstock, depending on the price. Right. You know, I'm not going to pay, you know, 50, 60 bucks for it. It's just, yeah. You know. I'm with you. So, but yeah, anyway, I think that's probably about it. All right. Well, thanks, Ian. Thanks for coming on the show and being nice and sick for us. Hey, you know what? I would much rather not have been sick. <laughs> so, yeah, any questions or comments, you can email us at lifeingeneralpod at gmail.com. Yes. We, I changed it. And don't go to our – well, I mean, the website will still be up for like till the end of April. Yeah. And then once the website comes down, then I'll start transferring stuff over to the new website. Right. Because um, – the the website address shouldn't change, so okay, it'll just be different. But anyway, sounds uh, good. Yeah, uh, email us any questions or comments. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook and all that jazz. And uh, that's about it. What are we gonna talk? What are we gonna talk about on next episode? Uh, I think we're talking about uh, the progress that we've made in Michigan on weed legalization. Yes, because it has become legal. It was voted in last year. We're gonna kind of update. Find out where we're at. There, there'll be a very interesting update on the next episode of the Life in General podcast. Yes. So check it out. All right, guys. Well, until next time. Talk to y'all later. Peace. My role, let me tell you about it. This shit right here, man, I'm about about it. Only real niggas reside around me. Yo, lady, drop a card around me. Dip like I know you can, bitch. Show me the rust like we in the ring. Got you some cobras, you wanna hang? Shoulder to shoulder, the niggas basic. You know I won't lie. You know that I ain't for that fuck shit. You niggas alright, but I'm way better and she love it. Know that y'all sick as fuck. Here go this tissue, bro. We taking the dub, hoping you get you some. This here like a pick me up. She taking my drugs. Know they see the sign. That's some dollar signs. Know they sick as fuck. Now they sick as fuck. Tell them get well soon. Tell them get well soon. Now you sick as fuck.